And greetings to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. Shabbat shalom, everybody. Greet one another in the chat. I see you live today. Many of you are on Shabbat Fellowship this morning, and I hope you had a blessed, blessed time. We are in, of course, Isaiah the fifth Hebrew Gospel, and today we are in chapter 41. So let's jump right into the text. Now's a great time to give us some thumbs up, and please remember to subscribe to the ministry channel. Many of you watch, but you don't subscribe. Please do so now. It really does help us. And please consider donating to Torah to the Tribes. And remember, those of you that do are so appreciated. I have so much gratitude. Thank you so very much. We've got the upcoming Feast of Passover. I do believe we had an update on the calendar. So you can go over to TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect. I think we have the new calendar up there. There was just a few discrepancies with some dates. So you can make your plans, hopefully, to come to Oregon and sit down at a wonderful Torah Malkizedic Passover Seder this upcoming year. Let's dive into Yeshayahu, Isaiah chapter 41. It's a great, great chapter. Keep silent before me, you coastlands, and let the people renew their strength. Let them come near, then let them speak, and let us come together for judgment. Let us come together for judgment. The Hebrew word dumar, dumar, to keep silent, it's spelled dalet vav memche. We break it down and it's going to give us pause. Pause. Of course, the Dalit door, a pathway, it represents what? What happens when you go through the door? What happens when you get on the pathway? You're moving. You're going on a journey. So we're going to begin a journey in chapter 41. We've got the valve, the hook or the peg. There's going to be some connections. We've got to make the linkages that Isaiah the prophet wants us to make in the text. We've got the mem. We've got water. It represents what? The deep. We're going to be going deep, but there's also going to be chaos. Chaos in the nations and our inner chaos that needs to be what? Calmed. We need to walk on the water so that we can actually enter into the deep deep revelations. And the hay, of course, is a window symbolizing that we are getting ready for the revelation of the Ruach, the revelation breath. We're going to look and see that revelation. So what is this saying? Right here, as we just open up the text, Duma, keep silent before me, you who are in the exile. We're in the coastlands. We've been exiled into the nations. So the call from Isaiah is to keep silent. And this involves a journey, a journey of introspection, where we're being asked to make those connections and make those connections deep within ourselves. We're looking for the deeper truths, which is why we've come to the Malkizedic Torah. So many of us in the church 
were like, there's got to be more. I want to go deeper. Yahweh's asking us. Now Isaiah's calling us. We have to navigate, though, through the chaos of the world, but we have to navigate through our own inner chaos, and we have to be honest with ourselves. And oftentimes, you need to forgive yourself for your past mistakes and not beat yourself up. Get over the shame. Get over the condemnation because there is no condemnation in Yahushua HaMashiach. We are forgiven. Get over the chaos, the inner chaos of ourselves. And I'm preaching to the choir. Many of us have had hard, hard lives. Many of us have had blessed lives, but it is hills and valleys. We need to seek meaning out of our lives and seek meaning in the revelation. And the revelation, of course, is through the Ruach and through his word. So Isaiah chapter 41 is about the sovereignty of Yahuwah, the sovereignty of Yahuwah over the nations. He's going to be showing his divine intervention in history. No matter what's going on in the world. I mean, what's going on in the world this week? Oh, nothing. All the globalists just happen to be at Davos planning our destruction, our demise. But no, Yahweh is victorious. So even though the nations may be meeting in Davos, we need to remember that Yahweh's hand is present in all of the world events. And we need to be encouraged because Yahweh is unwavering in his faithfulness and his commitment to his people, Israel. That's you and I. Keep silent before me, you coastlands, and let the people renew their strength. Let them come near, then let them speak. Let us come together for mishpat. Let's reason together for judgment. Yahweh is calling upon the nations to gather for judgment. And the silence implies reverence before the divine judge. And the nations are being summoned to their present strength in the face of a mighty Elohim. But many of the nations won't pay attention to the mightiness of Yahuwah, and they will go their own ways. Look at the next verse. Who raised up the Zadik, the Zadik, the righteous man from the east, and called him to his foot, gave the nations before him, and made him ruler over Melachim, kings. He gave them as dust for his sword and as a driven stubble for his bow. So there's a righteous man from the east. Now, of course, this refers to historical figures. It was most probably Cyrus, whom we know Yahuwah empowered. But he made them as dust. And this signifies what? There is a decisive victory achieved by the chosen chosen one. Now we're going to get into verse 3 and look at the plurality of Yahuwah. The plurality of Yahuwah. I actually used this verse many, many years ago and made the connections to which I'm going to make the connections today. And a, a Jehovah's Witness turned on his heels and, and left my property and just had nothing to say when I brought up what I'm about to bring up to you. He pursued them and passed them safely, even by the path that he had not gone with his feet. 
Who has wrought and done it, calling the generations from the beginning? I, Yahuwah, the first and the last, I am he. So here in the fourth verse, Isaiah declares, I, Yahuwah, the first and the last, I am he. And this is a very powerful statement emphasizing the unique and eternal nature of Yahuwah. It's affirming the oneness doctrine, or what I like to call the Ekad plurality. This is the Ekad plurality, going back to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, the Shema, the Echad plurality of Yahuwah. Now, when you connect this, with Revelation chapter 1, verse 17, where Yahushua declares, Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore. What's the connection? Look how this harmonizes just perfectly with the fourth verse of Isaiah. This is a shared declaration in Isaiah and Revelation of being the first and the last. And it declares not only eternal existence, but also the authority over life and death. And the emphasis is divinity. Now, when I made this connection before Jehovah's Witness, of course, there was no reply except to turn on their heels, because we must give an answer for the faith in which we believe. Now, I went further, of course, and knows that most probably is me just being somewhat aggressive. But Revelation chapter 22, verse 12, Yahushua goes on in case Revelation chapter 1 wasn't enough for you. He says, he says, behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. Well, no, he didn't say that. He wasn't greeking us out. He's the Aleph Tav, which is what? I am the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the Aleph Tav. Obviously, he has the same meaning. He is making the same, what, decisive call to the Echad plurality of divinity as being the first and the last, the olive and the tarp, emphasizing Yahushua's eternal nature and divine authority. So both Isaiah chapter 41 verse 4 and the Brit Hadashah, the verses in Revelation, affirm the oneness of Elohim. Now, Yahushua declares further in John chapter 10 verse 30, I am I and the Father are the Echad plurality. I and the Father are one. So you have the oneness doctrine is so succinctly stated here throughout the Brit Hadashah that the unity between Yahushua and the Father is very scripturally clearly defined. I don't know how you can miss it. Again, it matches the oneness and the unique divinity proclaimed in Isaiah chapter 1, 41, verse 4. Very powerful if you want to camp on that. 
because there's a lot of people going out there and, and proclaiming false doctrines, the doctrines of devils. But if you do not understand the oneness doctrine, the ekad plurality between father and son, then you can be bewitched. And of course, the Jehovah Witnesses have been bewitched. Verse 5. The coastlands saw it and feared. The ends of the earth were afraid. They drew near and came. Each one helped his neighbor, and each one said to his brother, Be of tove courage, be of good courage. So the craftsman encouraged the goldsmith, and he that smooths with the hammer inspires him that strikes the anvil, saying, It is ready to be joined, and he fastens it with nails that it should not be moved. But you, Israel, are my Eved, my servant, Yaakov, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the Zerah, the seed of Avraham, my Chaver, my friend, you whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called you from the farthest parts of it and said to you, you are my Eved my servant. I have chosen you and I have not cast you away to be called a friend, a haver, a friend of Yahuwah. Abraham, the friend of Yahuwah. Now in James chapter 2 verse 23 it is written, and the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed Yahuwah and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of Yahuwah. So what is this kind of friendship? I mean, isn't that what you crave? That's what, I mean, if I can leave this life behind and it be said that he was a friend of Yah, then would that not be a life that was worth living? A friendship is characterized by trust, characterized by intimacy, faith, and honor. You see, the scripture shows us how to attain such a friendship and a meaningful relationship with Yahuwah. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it is written, and without emunah, without faith, it is impossible to be a friend of Yahuwah. It's impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to Elohim must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So here's the beginning of how to become a friend of Yahuwah. So a good practice, brethren, is to begin each day with an intentional focus on trusting Yahuwah. Now, of course, the temptation is to go straight to your phone, right? I mean, we've all been there. The temptation is to go straight to work, but we need to put in an intentional focus, a practice, behaviors, implement it first thing in the morning. Number one, look to trust Yahweh. Through prayer, we can express our faith in his goodness his sovereignty, and his promises. What is that? That's called gratitude. 
then we can actively begin to seek and strengthen our faith by meditating on his word and reminding ourselves of the past instances in our life where Yahweh showed up and that he was faithful and he has proven himself faithful to us. I had a friend many, many years ago when I first came into the Torah, and I think I may have told you this story. And um, this gentleman was in his late 70s, and he had a beautiful leather-bound book that was dog-eared. And he would carry it every time he came to a Torah teaching, and it wasn't the scriptures. And I asked him one day, and I said, well, what, what's up with the book, you know? And he opened the book to me, and he said, look, do you see all of these lines that are blank? He said, but then look at all of these lines that have been filled in. I was like, yeah, what is that? He said, I've had this book for 25, 30 years. And every time I pray, I write down my prayer. And then I leave a space underneath it. And then when those prayers are answered, and Yahweh showed up and proved himself faithful to me. I write the answered prayer and the date down. And he showed me a record of all the answered prayers in his life. And I was like, that is one of the most amazing things that I've ever seen. Because human nature is for us to forget. Human nature is for us to worry and for fear to come in and cast out that love, those answered prayers. So that's something that I've always said, I'm going to do that. And I still have yet to do it. But I'm going to do that. Maybe you'll join with me in doing that too. Because in Philippians chapter 4, in the sixth verse, we're to be encouraged. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything in prayer and supplication and by thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to Yahweh and the peace that surpasses Yahweh shall, shall safeguard your hearts and your souls or cast out the fear. So by establishing a consistent and sincere prayer life, both structured and spontaneous prayer, where we share our thoughts, we write them down, our concerns, and having gratitude with Yahweh, we can make prayer a continuous conversation throughout the day. I love to go on walks and I pray and speak to Yahweh on walks because this is a great way to nourish an ongoing connection with him. And of course, we know in Torah that obedience to his commandments brings us into alignment with his sovereign will. Yahushua said in John chapter 15, verse 14, you are my friends if you do what I command you. And that's why so many in the Christian church are out of alignment and don't feel that intimacy because we, to be a friend of Yahuwah, the plurality doctrine, Yahushua and the Father and Son are one, Ekad, plurality. So therefore, to be a friend of Yahuwah, to be a friend of Yahushua, you've got to keep his commandments. Three daily practices for us. Number one, 
actively seek to align our actions with Yahweh's will. Number two, examine our choices and decisions in light of commandment keeping. Number three, realize obedience is a key component of friendship with Yahuwah, something that the church is missing. We have to be open to the guidance of the Ruach, and we have to be willing to submit to his leading even when it requires a sacrifice or stepping out of our comfort zone. So becoming a friend of Yahuwah like Abraham involves cultivation, cultivating a lifestyle of faith and trust, maintaining regular communication through prayer and prioritizing obedience and alignment with his sovereign will. It's a reset. We need to do the great reset on us every single morning because otherwise we can get into a funk. My wife can't stand it when I use that word, but that's what it is. When the cares of the world come upon you and your phone is commanding you, that is when you need to do a great reset. So I think taking these three simple daily steps sets us on the right path, on the journey to contribute to a deep, meaningful relationship with the Most High. It's fostering intimacy. That's what this chapter is beginning with. Intimacy, trust, a shared journey with our friend that we may be experiencing. Even the chaos of the nations, we can still be on a journey with our friend. Pretty cool. Look at verse 10, because now we're on that journey. We're feeling love and a connection. We're no longer fearful. Love casts out fear. Fear not. I am with you. I'm your friend. Now we're on a journey together. Be not dismayed, for I am your Elohim. I'm not their Elohim. I am your Elohim because we're friends. I will strengthen you now. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will uphold you with my son, the right hand of my righteousness. That is the son. That's the Ekad plurality. Remember, Yahushua said, if you're going to be my friends, you're going to keep my commandments. I will uphold you with the right hand of my Zadik, my Malki Tzadik, Zadakar. See, verse 11, all they that are enraged against you, they shall be ashamed, they shall be embarrassed, they shall be as nothing. As they strive with you, they shall perish. You shall seek them and shall not find them. Even them that contended with you, they that war against you, they shall be as nothing and a thing of nothing. Verse 13 for I, Yahweh, your Elohim, will hold your right hand, saying to you, I am the Al-Tarah. I am Al-Tarah. I will help you. Fear not, you worm, you man of the dust, you worrywart, you worm Yaakov, and you men of Israel. 
I will help you, says Yahuwah. Why? But Ka'az, I am your Altarah, your Ga'al, your Redeemer. I am the Kadosh One of Israel. So Yahweh is doing what? He's promising us his strength. He's promising us his presence. He's promising to help his people, Yaakov, Israel. The Al-Terah, the Al-Terah, Aleph Lamed, translated as what? As do not. Do not what? Do not be afraid. It's a negation urging us to refrain from a particular action or emotion. And I have been too guilty in times past to not use it as a negation, but to actually encourage it. And for that, I am sorry. I made a mistake. And I repent of my sins. Because do not, do not be afraid. It is a negation, and I want to keep his commandments. So journey with me in this new realm of love, casting out fear, because that's what Yahweh is showing me in my life. That's what I need to do in myself, and I think a lot of you too, because here's the negation. He's urging us to refrain, stop it, refrain from a particular action, or emotion. Terah, terah, the word in Hebrew is derived from the root yirah, as in Yahweh yirah, which means fear or reverence. So in Isaiah's context, the terah translates to you shall fear or you shall be afraid. What? what? You told us not to be. Ah, Putting them together, the Altarah is an exhortation, meaning do not be afraid. Fear not, my friends. You see? You see the connections? This is comforting. It's a comforting and reassuring statement, emphasizing that there is no need for fear. There's no need for anxiety because Yahuwah is with us on a journey, and he's our friend. We're his people, and he's going to provide us support like a walking stick and assurance. That's really Malkitzedek, because the promise is found in the Torah of covenantal promise, where? Shemot, Exodus chapter 19, verse 5, where Yahweh declares to us, now therefore, If you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my friends, my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me special friends, a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, my special family. Pretty simple stuff, right? but a different way to look at the scriptures, one of encouragement, not fear. Look at Isaiah chapter 41. We're now down in the 10th verse. And look at it between chapter 41, verse 10, and verse 15, because verses 10 to 15 is the bridge. Now let's look to its fulfillment. 
in Yahusha. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Remember, we're at the bridge, verses 10 to 15, and we're going to look at the bridge and now the fulfillment. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. And after his resurrection, Yahusha declares, all, and now all means all, authority in the Shamaim and the earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make Talmudim of all nations, mikfaring them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Ruach HaKodesh, teaching them to observe the commandments, all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always. I'm your friend till the end of the age. There's the bridge. There's the connection. Isaiah chapter 41, verses 10 through 15, foreshadows the intimate presence and assistance of Yahuwah with his people. So in the Brit Hadashah, we see Yahushua fulfills Isaiah's promise by commissioning his disciples to make disciples of all nations. It's an assurance, an assurance of Yahuwah's friendship, of his presence, of his strength, of his assurance, of his help, which extends way beyond the borders of Israel to include all Malkitetic saints who believe in Yahushua HaMashiach. That's you and that's me, that's here and that's today. So the parallel, bear with, I hope you're tracking with me. You see the parallel between the Torah foreshadow and the fulfillment in the Brit Hadashah is emphasizing continuity, the continuity of Yahuwah's redemptive plan. The book of the covenant promises made to Israel, they will always find their fulfillment and extension through Yahusha to all believers through the Malkizedic priesthood with the promises of Yahuwah's abiding presence, guidance, assistance, friendship being the cornerstone of a faithful daily life experience for us and an expectancy. We should expect our friend to show up. But we, to have a friend, you need to be a friend. It's a two-way street. Verse 14, fear not, you worm. Fear not, Yaakov, and you men of Israel. I will help you, says Yahweh, your Redeemer, the Kadosh One of Israel. Ga'al, Ga'al in the Hebrew, to redeem. Gimel, Aleph, Lamed. The context, of course, redemption, is emphasizing the idea that Yahweh, as the ultimate redeemer, is the rescuer of his people from various forms of bondage, physical and spiritual, emotional and chemical. See, Yahweh, through the redeemer action, the Ga'al, is truly a representation, Ga'al, being a representation of the cosmic 
process of redemption that is revealed within the very letters themselves. So let's look. Gimel, Ahmed, Aleph, Lamed. Look at the Gimel. It's got a numerical value in the Hebrew of three. So it represents the dynamic flow or movement, the Ekad plurality of divinity. In redemption, this is what? Symbolizing the transformative power and process of our faith in action. The Gimel. The Aleph, like verse 4 of our text, represents unity and the divine. In the context of redemption, it's signifying that the source of origin of our salvation is always going to be redemption. Redemption. The Lamed, with a numerical value of 30, Lamed represents the idea of ascending, elevation. So redemption then, surely, must involve a spiritual ascent or elevation from the worm state, the lower state, to the higher state, right? But we have a tendency to go to the worm state, don't we? That's the default state. That's going to your phone before going to prayer. That's going to your phone before going to the scripture. That's going to the world instead of going within. We got to reset every day. So in the Brit Hadashah, Yahusha is identified as the Ga'al, as the Redeemer. So he is fulfilling the role of the one who brings salvation and liberation. His life, death, and resurrection are what? They are the means through which humanity is redeemed. Redeemed from sin and redeemed from sin's consequences only when we reset each and every day because our chemical composition within us has been affected by our sin. And we need to re-establish a connection for ascension from the worm status to the ascended state through the chaos of our lives, through the carnal nature of our lives, and through the chaos of this world to a place of friendship and love. This is what I'm seeing. I hope you track it. I hope I'm not getting too weirdo spiritual about it. But I find it quite important. Look, the Gimel, it defines a dynamic transformation. When you came to know the Savior, was that dynamic? It was black and white for me. A dynamic transformation, which can only happen through the life and teachings of Yahusha. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Enter through me. He is the only way, the narrow, small gate, a journey where there is a dynamic transformation that's about to bring about a supernatural change in your life, a supernatural change in the understanding of Yahweh's Malchut HaShamayim, kingdom of heaven that is within you and within me right now. It's the very nature of our redemption. The Aleph is unity with the divine. Going back to verse 4, going back to verse 4, Yahushua, the Son and the Father, 
the son of Elohim. That's the bridge. That's the bridge between the chaos and the unity with the divine. That's the bridge to go from the worm to the divine nature that is within us all. In him, the source of redemption is revealed and through faith in him, we as believers are at last reconciled to our friend who's been looking for us to go on a journey with him. The Lamed speaks to scriptural ascent. Look no further than the sacrificial act of Yahushua. Of course, his crucifixion and resurrection, the only means of spirit, the only means of spiritual ascent out of our chaos, out of the worm status. You see, through him, the lost are elevated to a new spiritual state, freed from the bondage of sin. The old man is dead. So the Tanakh's conception and concept of redemption in the Ga'al, the Redeemer, aligns with the Brit Hadashah's teaching of Yahusha as the Redeemer. Can you not see it? Bringing about what? Your transformation, my transformation, unity with the divine, a spiritual ascent for those who believe in him. It's reinforcing. It's reassuring, and it should be an encouragement that we are on the right path, the right journey in this life. That was the bridge. Now we're in verse 16. You shall fan them, and the wind shall carry them away, and the whirlwind shall scatter them, and you shall simcha, you shall be a rejoicing with Yahuwah and shall Tifereth in the Kadosh One of Israel. You'll have a glory in his presence, in the Holy One of Israel's presence. When the poor and needy seek Mayim, water, and there is none, and their tongue fails for thirst, I, Yahweh, will listen to them. I, the Elohim of Israel, will not forsake them, I will open up the rivers in the high places and the fountains in the midst of the valleys. There's Man, I am in a valley of oppression and depression today, but he is going to open up the fountains in the midst of that valley if I seek my friend and I do a reset. A lot of us have messed up our chemical composition in our brain chemistry through drugs, alcohol, and all kinds of addictions. Okay, we're just seeking for a dopamine rush. Well, the way to do that is to seek it righteously through having the divine encounter, not through the way of the worm. My whole youth was spent in the way of the worm, you know? And now in my latter years here, I'm like, the consequences are everywhere and I don't want it anymore. I want the open rivers. I want the pools of Mayim and the dry land to become springs in my life. That is what he is telling us in these verses. Look, we need to see that we are poor and needy and seek the water. And there is none. Not by your own strength there isn't. And then the tongue fails for thirst. Yes, it does. But I, Yahweh, will listen to them. I, the Elohim of Israel, will not forsake you, brethren. I will open up the rivers in the high places and the fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. Wow. 
the final verses of Isaiah chapter 41, they give us a prophetic glimpse into a future characterized by both global turmoil and divine peace. You see the dichotomy? Global turmoil, there's the worm, divine peace, there's the ascension. The impending Jacob's trouble could come into view. There's the worm. The mention, though, of threshing sledges with sharp teeth, it does point to a prophetic period where there is going to be trouble, where the world is in chaos, where the world is propagating fear. There's going to be economic upheaval. There is going to be a refining there may be an economic collapse. There may be currency devaluation. And there may be financial instability. That's the chaos. That's the worm. That's the chaos of the nations. The lower self, the base nature. Well, yes, look at verse 25. What now? We've got more fear? A conflict in the north. Because there's a reference to a mighty man from the north. Does that echo the geopolitical tensions in Russia and Ukraine? You see how I'm tending to go back to the worm nature? It's within me. It's within you. Could there be an explosive, an exploitive conflict in the region? This, of course, aligns with the biblical motive of the north as a source of what? A source of conflict and chaos. But now we go to the ascended nature. Don't lose hope because there is a divine assurance found in Isaiah in the bridge. Chapter 41, verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. A divine promise of protection and peace for us who place their trust in Yahweh. So when I feel most tired, then comes the promise of strength. Isaiah Chapter 41, verse 31, soaring on the wings like eagles. That speaks to a sense of renewed strength. It speaks to resilience. Even in a time of trouble, that's where I find my supernatural empowerment to rise above my natural worm status of where I always want to go back to that state. What is wrong with you, man? Why is it that I do the things that I do not want to do, go and be a little Jacob worm, when I really should be doing the higher work, the higher calling, and be able to endure? It's a conflict. It's chaos. But I acknowledge it now. I see it. And now I'm engaged to be a winner, to be victorious, and to change and do a reset, a reset every single day because I have messianic hope. Do you have messianic hope? Look at verse 14. The title Redeemer of Israel points to a messianic figure who plays a crucial role in delivering and restoring Yahweh's people at the greater exodus. You and I are going to go through that greater exodus, brethren. Is it going to be in these next few years? Watchful awareness. We're being urged to be watchmen on the wall, to be watchful, to discern the things, the signs of the times, to recognize the current world events, 
they are actually aligning with the prophetic warnings and promises of Scripture. Now is the time to be steadfast in the faith, in the face of economic uncertainty, in the face of geopolitical unrest. We need to stand firm in the faith, find assurance in the promises of Yahuwah for protection, provision, and peace. That's what I've got for you in Isaiah chapter 41. I hope it was a blessing to you. I felt blessed and encouraged to work through the scriptures and not only that, to work through my stuff this week. I pray Yahweh bless you and keep you. That Yahweh's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. That Yahweh lift up his countenance upon you and grant you shalom in the mighty name of Yahusha Sa shalom. Yevarechecha Yahweh vayishmerecha. Yeyer Yahweh panavelecha vayeche lecha lecha shalom. Yahweh is awesome and he is the giver of peace. This was a great teaching for me to dig into to make the changes that I need to make in my life. I hope it inspires you. Say goodbye in the chat. Put some comments down in there. Remember, we are over on Odyssey, backing it up over there. And please consider coming to the feasts. It's always lovely to meet new people and to connect with new people. Passover coming up, it'll be right around the corner. The new calendar should be up, tourtothetribes.com forward slash connect. Scroll down, downloadable calendar. And please consider supporting and donating to Torah to the Tribes through your giving. You can do that by looking at the description in this video, by texting Torah to the number below, or going to our website. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you all. Bless you. And we'll catch you live, Yah willing, next Shabbat.